Hello and welcome to this one time at summer camp, a podcast about the magic of summer camp. I'm here with Pete, as always, from all the way in the ye old England. Hey, what up? It's your boy, Concussion Pete. I, I have a minor <laughs> concussion. I just thought I'd throw that out now. Oh, thanks for letting us know. Yeah. Uh, we also have our producer, the great Dantino, Dante. Glad to be back. It's like I never left. Oh, wait, Pete, how do you have a concussion? Uh, rugby. That would do it, yeah. Mm. That would do it. To rationalise what happened, it was my fault for lying down on the floor when that massive dude came mm. and kneed me in the head. If yeah, I hadn't yeah. been lying on the floor, he wouldn't have done a sliding knee in, into my skull. Well, I feel fine, so... <laughs> I guess we'll talk about more on our other podcasts. Uh, this one, one time, time at rugby. rugby. <laughs> you know what I love even but, uh, <laughs> more than rugby? Maintenance people. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about maintenance people. The um, the camp cowboys. I want to call it, you know, maintenance men. But, you know, maintenance men or women. I mean, maintenance men has that whole alliteration going. It, it does sound better, but... To maintenance be fair, people. I'm sure they are maintenance people. Yeah. <laughs> Take us off, Pete. Maintenance people are just uh, that integral part of the fabric of camp. Every camp has maintenance people. All camps need stuff fixing. And uh, you've got them there to fix it. I definitely think the maintenance team often are overlooked. Uh, sort of the value that they bring to camp. I mean, if your bed breaks or whatever... Uh, if you are not on friendly terms with the maintenance, they are probably not going to make it a priority to come and fix it. I don't know if this is also a common trope among all all camps and, and maintenance people, but I feel like your first summer going there, they're always intimidating. They always seem scary. Oh, I was a- very intimidated by yeah. the maintenance staff. Yeah, no, definitely. Because you've got, like, you know, the other counsellors who are all kind of camp people. You know, they work with kids and the bubbly blah, blah, blah. You've got, like, you know, the people who run the camp who were probably counsellors at some point themselves and they're kind of similar. Whereas I kind of picture maintenance staff, the scruff, they're the most tanned people you've ever met. They ride around on quad bikes. They wear a lot of camo. They can remain separate from camp and yet... The bones, you know, the thing keeping it together. They're always there. Literally. Yeah, I feel like any camp photo, you could play a where's Wally of a where's the, where's the maintenance person. I think what I like about them is that they are kind of almost these elusive characters of camp compared to everybody else that's there. I think that's kind of what almost makes them intimidating is that elusive nature of the maintenance people. If you needed a maintenance person for somebody at Camp Tall Arrow, you're going to the maintenance shed, as we call it, but really it's like a little warehouse thing off to the back of camp by itself. You know, they're all standing around smoking outside. They're like, what are you doing in these parts? <laughs> like it was a real, it was a scary place to go if you'd never been there before. <laughs> Honestly, just... every time I've ever been to like um, the maintenance shed, it's always like the scene in old Westerns where you step into like an old saloon. Yeah, you that's kick what open it's the like. Doors and everyone like, you know, someone's playing the piano in the background <laughs> and it stops and everyone looks at you as you walk in. There's that like one guy, you know, just like polishing something off in the corner. <laughs> one guy's got like a hook hand. You're just talking about Shrek 2 now, aren't you? <laughs> I was literally thinking of Shrek 2. Anytime, I can't believe you picked anytime that. Anytime you can work a reference into Shrek 2, you always try. It's the better Shrek. 
But it's always stupid because most of the time your requests have to do with something stupid. Mm. Like, we need you to build us a tiny fortress made of straw. I don't know. Like, we <laughs> can't require such random things a lot I've, of the time. I've never needed a tiny fortress of straw. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was a camp. bad example. Okay, here is a good example at our camp, at Camp Moose Pine. The cabin who is the best cabin for the week. They get a little plaque that goes on the wall of the cabins. And those plaques are cut into like shapes. And sometimes you've just got to go in and be like, could you cut me a wooden plaque in the shape of a whale? And they just look at you like, I always wonder about when you do something like that. What do the maintenance people do as a job? outside of camp are they are they chippies are they carpenters like is that is that what they do by trade when they're not at camp but it's kind of like if that's the case then them being asked to cut a whale out of wood they're probably <laughs> like boy i can cut a whale out of wood in my sleep <laughs> well i think a lot of the time uh they are year round because you know camps there year round yeah um at camp moose pine i'll uh the main maintenance studio we have lived on site year round. So, um, just just going back to the um, the the honor plaques that we did though. Each summer has its own shape. So each year, and then when you go into all the cabins, uh, and you look back at all the previous years, like you're kind of running out of options by the time you know we were like I don't know 16 years in or something. So it's been 16 different shapes, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> My first summer as boy's head, our um, head maintenance person uh, came up to me and he was like, he already knew he was going to get asked to do the honor plaques, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of came to us begging for us to pick a simple shape. Um, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, please, dear girl, pick, pick something simple. But like, you know, a circle's already been taken. I'm not just going to pick a rectangle, am I? Like, it's, it's got to be something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the one we came up with for 2015 was... Um, my foot <laughs> so we were like oh leaving an impact you know this is your footprint at camp blah, blah, blah. but really it was just a great way to get i think there's 22 wooden cutouts of my right foot <laughs> in all these cabins um that people have painted and signed was it king henry uh, supposedly his foot is um a foot like lengthwise or whatever yeah it used to change with each king which was terribly inconvenient and then they um <laughs> kept it consistent yeah that's a stupid way of doing it because if you have one king who's a really big guy and then the next king comes in when he's like what 10 years old and like <laughs> takes the throne is it the 10 year old's foot how does that work Just make him <laughs> One big foot. I reckon like 50% of maintenance requests, I'm going to make a bold statement here, is uh, plunging toilets. Yeah. Because mm. yeah. I don't know if you had the same thing when I got to America. Throughout my 18 years of life, I had never clogged a toilet in my entire life. And then all of a sudden <laughs> at America, I'm like clogging one a week. I don't know if I was clogging that many toilets, if I'm honest with you, Pete. But something that I will say that did shock me about the toilets in America, and maybe this has something to do with them getting clogged, I don't know. The idea that Americans have that the toilet swirls the other direction in like the southern hemisphere of the planet or something, like in Australia, the opposite direction. The Coriolis You best effect. believe... 
yeah, my mind was blown by the fact that the toilet water actually swirled around in America. Because if I'm honest with you, the toilet water does not swirl in Australia. It just goes straight down. I had never seen toilet water swirl I around ever before going to America. Could be like could go on about how toilets are weird in America. <laughs> in in the US, the toilet is just like it's got all the like the water in it. And, you know, you do your business and the water, like, splashes back up at you. It's disgusting. Yeah, you're, you're sitting so close to the water. There's, like, this large flat bed of water. Yeah. When you flush, it just creates a whirlpool and it gets, like, whirlpooled away. Is, is that why they what? Is that why they have it? It's like a viewing deck for your business. <laughs> yeah. I, who knows? I will say there was a lot of clogged toilets in general when I was at camp. Yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. Yeah, to tie it back to maintenance people... Thank heaven above for for them and their plunging skills. Well, during our training week, um, our head maintenance person would uh, <laughs> have this toilet on like a piece of ply board with wheels attached to it that he'd painted gold. And um, he would come and give everybody a plunging demonstration, I think particularly for the internationals who hadn't plunged a toilet before because we have better toilets. Um <laughs> A little little anecdote. Um, so I don't think I really learnt properly how to plunge a toilet until <laughs> the, the the end of my first summer, um, because at the end of our summer we'd have like a little staff party. Just, sorry, just quickly, <laughs> just quickly. I love I love that this has turned into this one time at toilet camp. Like, <laughs> yeah, this, is, no. this is so good. Carry on, carry on. Um, I hope some Japanese guys listening to this right now are just like, I have no relation to this whatsoever. There's the remote control. Yeah, (laughs) my toilet does all the heavy lifting for me. Yeah, so at the end of uh, summer, we'd have a little party. The maintenance dudes would always turn up. And um, there was a toilet that got clogged at that party. And then (laughs) he he had like pulled up to the party on his golf cart, had a plunger in the back. He was like, I got this. Like grabs it, goes in. And like I watched him plunge a toilet and I was like, I understand now. I understand how to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. I'm picturing your hammered as well, just being like, it was a. It all makes sense. It was a work of art. And then after that summer, we went to this one frat party, and I was like waiting to go into this toilet, and the dude was like, "Oh, you can't go in there. The toilet's clogged." And I was like, "Stand back." <laughs> I went in, got the plunger, boom, 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 and um, unclogged it. And this dude was like honestly amazed that i'd done I'm that picturing the whole party is just like whoa <laughs> well, no, there was like this giant keg in the kitchen so he like walks over to it and there's like people lining up for it and he like pushes them out of the way and like pours me a beer out of this keg he's like cheers man plunging skills are paying dividends you know <laughs> that's hectic what you're describing is maybe the life of a maintenance man you know <laughs> he goes to parties just praying that a toilet gets clogged <laughs> and he's like don't worry i've got this guy's Pulls out his signature plunger. Like like Fonzie, he goes and leans on the cistern and just gives it an elbow. And it just flushes. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's there at the party. He's like, who wants to see me um, cut out a whale? <laughs> who wants to see me cut out a shark and then jump it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Honestly, maintenance people are the best. Um this is like ridiculous. Uh, so the maintenance, the main maintenance person at Camp Moose Pine was such a character. Like he had been at camp since the founding of camp, 
and he had like a full house like on camp with like a raised pool and plastic flamingos all over his lawn and all that kind of like tacky sort of stuff for his house but he was a really intense guy (laughs) yeah they always are and you don't know what they're thinking they're hard men to read yeah yeah and it's got the um what do you call it when the mustache goes wraps right around to the chin handlebars yeah it's got like the full handlebars sort of thing and it talks like this because obviously It's the official um, accent of the maintenance person. Like young slash old Benjamin Button. But um, this guy, he's he's an avid hunter and is very much... um, He likes his guns. He's got a vast collection of them. And I remember, I think it was my first summer, one of our activities, environmental discovery, they kind of also like to do science and stuff there too. But basically, they were making something explode... Anyway, it was making, like, gunshot noises. Yeah. (laughs) The sound was, like, traveling through camp. And apparently the maintenance boss just whips around the corner on his quad bike with a shotgun in hand, (laughs) just, like, ready to go. He he looked like he'd been, um, you know, reading his whole life for the situation. So, just on this, like, it's kind of unrelated... To maintenance people, but you've just reminded me of something. Where Camp Tall Arrow is located, there's um, Dick's Sports Store. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's a Dick's Sports Store in town. <laughs> One time, me and this Scottish guy that I was friends with went in there just to like have a look at some of the guns in the sports store and got to talking to the guy... And then he ended up telling us that he was part of a zombie club. What? And it was kind of like an apocalypse preppers type club. But specifically, <laughs> they would prep for like zombie apocalypse style scenarios. And he could tell us exactly how long it took in minutes to get from his house to the sports store to get guns. Because they had timed how long it would take them to get there in the event of a zombie apocalypse. I just love that there's just so many people who just go to bed at night and they look at the ceiling and they go, I wish there was a zombie apocalypse. I wish there was a zombie apocalypse. I think that sounds like a really fun thought experiment, you know, because I've I've definitely had conversations with people at camp about how we would fortify camp for a zombie apocalypse. But <laughs> I feel like that's somehow taken it a step too far when you time your roots getting to places like that. You just know that the maintenance people would be the people you need on your zombie apocalypse oh, survival team. Absolutely. Absolutely. You definitely need the maintenance people there. aspect of maintenance people is a animal wrangler (laughs) i uh i hear that did you have a specific example pete i kind of want to talk about snakes because um on our camp we got a couple species of snake but um i think there was only one venomous type and that was uh, copperheads the first time i ever went into our maintenance person's office and um went in there and he had a copperhead in a jar on his desk 
one that he had shot and like preserved himself. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. That's right. Yeah. Like you've walked in there and he's like got snakes in a jar, his hook hand playing the piano. He, he saw me looking at it and he picks up the jar and like puts it right in my face. He's like, get a good I'm like, ah, I've never seen snakes before. Do you know what I mean? I'm scary. Do you know what happened after that? We took a trip down to like the local zoo down with some teen campers and we we're like going around and stuff and they had like a copperhead in uh one of the cages and um had like facts about them on the side it told you what the longest copperhead ever found in the area was or like the largest one ever found in the state and i was like oh i'm gonna tuck away this fact i'm gonna go tell it and um you know impress him with my snake knowledge <laughs> and then <laughs> when i saw him next i was like hey did you know that the longest copperhead ever found uh, in these parts was blah, 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 And he just goes, yeah, I found it. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this is like, 100% true. Of course he did. He found the largest ever copperhead in our state. Didn't have a jar big enough for that one. That's so funny. <laughs> this guy, man. 100%. At Camp Tall Arrow, we had snapping turtles in the lake. And of course, snapping turtles can be a risk to the kids for obvious reasons. You know, they, you don't want them to lose a, a foot or a hand or anything when they're in the swim area. But we would often find snapping turtles under the docks um, at camp. Yeah, like I worked um, at, at the lake when I was at Camp Tall Arrow. And, you know, I can do snakes and spiders and all of those sort of things. You're Australian. But a snapping turtle is a dinosaur. I'm just going to put this out there to make myself sound like an absolute weapon, if you will. But I did catch a couple of snapping turtles when I was at Tall Arrow back in my prime. But it was only because I ran a fishing class uh, my second summer that I was there. You frequently would get snapping turtles coming out and going for the bait instead of other fish. And when that would happen, I would often just go and we had like a plastic container and I would go down and, with the net as well and get the snapping turtle in the net and then put it in the plastic container. And every time I caught a snapping turtle, I'd be like, yeah, look at this beauty. Like I always felt like such a legend. But a lot of the time we'd get the maintenance people to come down to the docks and get the snapping turtles. And it was kind of funny because what would happen to the snapping turtles after the maintenance guy got them Mm. was anybody's guess. <laughs> and when I say it was anybody's guess, I know what would actually happen to them. But the rumors that went around camp were just crazy. So the the maintenance man uh, at Camp Tall Arrow, the head of maintenance, if you will, he was this white-haired, hard to understand because he had such a thick country accent, guy and he would just can, can i guess what he would camp. do yeah would he release them into a sewer system with a very large rat maybe maybe <laughs> give them some radioactive ooze as it's called <laughs> some radioactive ooze yeah it's actually funny you say that because if anything i feel like i wouldn't <laughs> have been surprised if he had radioactive ooze ready to go in the maintenance <laughs> shed and he was actually secretly trading his own ninja turtles back there somewhere but um no he would uh come on down get the turtles 
And then, to the best of the camper's knowledge, he would take them and release them in a nearby river. That's what he would do with the turtles. Yeah, that's what he should do, right? The turtles, the turtles would go and live at a nice river upstate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 what would happen to the turtles beside a flowery meadow. Um, and then to the counselors, the counselors' story of what would happen to the turtles was turtle, <laughs> turtle soup. That seems like a maintenance person thing to do. But um, I mean, they come with their own oh, bowl, so. Right? They're ready to go. You know, I'm going to leave it up to the listeners to decide what actually happened to the turtles, but it was neither of those above options. I'm going to choose River Downstate. It would have even just been better if he'd flushed them down the toilet. Maybe that's why the toilets were always getting clogged, because there was turtles being flushed down them, but it wasn't that either, so. Man, plunging a turtle would be a... Uh, a true <laughs> test of one's plunging abilities. Oh, I, I, I reckon now, um, head maintenance person could plunge a toilet, a, a toilet turtle. Yeah, a turtle, a turtle. Is that why they call it turtling? I've gone back to the <laughs> um... <laughs> oh. um, as much as I think, you know, a lot of the time. They either are like a pretty kind of gruff, hardened person or they just kind of have that image. I find any time that means people actually get involved in camp, like they really love it. Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting you say that because I was talking to a friend of mine who I went to summer camp with uh, my very first year recently. And he also worked at another summer camp. He was telling me he'd been listening to the podcast and he asked, you know, uh, about upcoming episodes. And I told him, you know, that I was going to be coming on and doing this episode on on maintenance people with you guys. And he told me this really funny story about the maintenance guy from his other camp that he'd gone to. It pretty much went anytime they were doing some sort of big camp activity and everybody was going to be there and be involved, whether it be a talent show or, you know, whatever it was the maintenance guy like the head of maintenance was always there watching and laughing and having a good time and they thought that's so strange that this maintenance man who lives near camp wants to actually spend his time engaging with the activities and things and um one time this friend his parents came to visit him at camp and they went out for dinner like quite away from camp, quite a nice restaurant. And while they were off camp, uh, they just happened to bump into the camp director and the maintenance man on what looked to be a quite romantic date. And nobody knew that the camp director had actually been seeing the maintenance man. And that was the reason why the maintenance man was always around at camp when anything was going on because he actually was having this relationship with their camp director but they went I on, need to see this movie they went on to get married and i'm like i love that i'm really picturing the um maintenance person to have like mutton chops and a hook hand <laughs> and just be like covered in like grease and grime <laughs> but it's got like a suit on you know it well when he was telling me this it reminded me a bit of like in holes you know how there was like the school teacher or whatever and she became kissing kate whatever her name was 
no, you haven't seen the movie Holes in a long time. But it's like, been a while. Anyway, yeah, but yeah. she like falls in love with the guy who like helps build the schoolhouse. She's always going to him being like, hey, I need you to fix my chalkboard or whatever. And he's like, I can fix that. <laughs> like, that's, that's what it reminded me of. To be fair, I think um, if they've made this into a movie, it would be like Ryan Gosling or something, you know? <laughs> like the maintenance person. Well, I feel like I've seen so many movies where the main character is basically a maintenance person. What would you call they're that actually, movie? They're, they're way too beautiful. What would you call that yeah, movie? Yeah, what would... What's the title of this? How to maintain Camp a toilet. Heart. <laughs> oh, I like that. How to maintain a heart. <laughs> yeah, um, that's so wholesome. I, our main. Uh, sorry, I love when um, like you know, y- you get those support staff involved in camp activities. One time, uh, like one of our maintenance people uh, came and did rounds with me one night, and uh. Just like where we'd walk into the cabins at night time and just check on everyone, see how they're going. But yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was nice. It was nice to be able to get them involved in in that in some capacity. Very wholesome. Like Camp Moose Pine, our main uh, maintenance person. I think this is. I think the most endearing thing about him is that our camp we have a house system. Like in Harry Potter, there's like the four houses. Everyone gets sorted into one of these houses. Yeah. Yeah. And so that included all of the staff, which included all of the maintenance. So the maintenance people were actually all sorted into houses. That is that is class. I like that. And uh, our head of like maintenance, he got sorted into the house that I was in. <laughs> and this man adopted this house into his very soul, like into his very being. <laughs> like there is... No one on camp that is more enthusiastic about the house system than this, like, maintenance guy. It's probably because he's making all the plaques and the trophies <laughs> and things as well. But, like, uh, at the start of every week, we have, like, a house day or whatever, and he would always come along and, like, do a pep talk <laughs> to all of the new people to the house. And, again, he's the maintenance person. He has nothing to do with, like, the kids in most ways. But he was just so involved in the house system. Like sort of the heads of the house in Harry Potter. Oh, he was definitely the the head of our house. (laughs) That's the best. He full on wrote like a full poem about (laughs) our house dunking on all the other houses. (laughs) We were the only house with a poem written by like a 60 year old maintenance man. (laughs) You know, they like to be included. They want to be part of stuff, part of something bigger. Amen. So anyone have anything else to add? So this one time at summer camp, uh, it was my first summer, and I had like heard this story about our uh, our maintenance guy. It always sounded a bit too far-fetched to believe. So the way the story went, back in the day, this is like 30, 40 years ago or whatever, he's like driving down, driving down the road and uh, there have been warnings on the news regularly about this person who was like pretending to be a hitchhiker and um, what that person would do would uh, he'd like you know get get picked up and then he'd rob them at gunpoint like a real Jeez. rough thing that was going on and it was in the same area where this uh, maintenance guy lived so he's driving down the road one day and he sees this guy hitchhiking at the side of the road he <laughs> thinks he recognizes them I can't even fathom what I'd do in that situation, you know. But I'll tell you what... Keep driving. I'll tell you what I wouldn't do is what he did, which is pull over and pick the guy up. <laughs> so, again, this is the story we're hearing, that, like, 
he poured over, picked him up, and, you know, they're kind of chatting a bit. And the guy, like, reaches for something, and he's like, don't move. And uh, he pulls out uh, this thing called the Judge. And the Judge is a four-chamber revolver that can take... <laughs> I mean, my gun knowledge isn't great. It can take, like, these massive bullets, or, like, it can also fit shotgun cartridges into it. Holy shit. It's like a massive handgun. <laughs> pulls out and he just holds this guy at gunpoint drives him to the police station and like collects a bounty on him no <laughs> way <laughs> I like that sounds far-fetched doesn't it that sounds it does but i think with maintenance people like you've just got to expect that everything they do is pretty far-fetched that is absolutely chaotic <sighs> so i was always wondering whether that was true or not and it took me four summers to kind of sum up the courage and i asked him and I was like, hey, um, I heard this story about, like, this dude who was, like, carjacking people and, like, you picked him up and took him to a police station. And he just went, yeah. And I was like, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was his answer was just, yeah. And, like, just, just didn't want to oh talk God. about it, basically, but was like, yes. That would be how I would start every conversation would be like, there's one time that I picked up a hitchhiker. Let's just say, uh, got him in front of a judge. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I'm starting to think we need a maintenance person on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, if there are any maintenance people who happen to be listening to this, which is probably a bit of a long shot, but if there are, come on the podcast. We'd love to have you. Mm. At the very least, just send us, send us an email. And uh, what what is that email address, Nick? Oh, that email is this one time at summercamppod at gmail dot com. And I think with that, probably gonna <laughs> plunge our way into the wisdom. So. <laughs> plunge our way. Oh. Plunge into the toilet bowl of wisdom. <laughs> the wisdom. The wisdom. If you wouldn't go to someone for advice, then don't take their criticism. That's true. I'm yep. picturing this in the context of like a maintenance person. <laughs> what advice well, would you know they what? get? When, when, when I was thinking about it, um, there was this maintenance dude at one of the camps, not in America, that I worked at. And um, one time there was this kid at the top of an activity. Uh, the kid was scared and I climbed up and I was like talking to him, blah, 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 you know, doing my thing. And... Um, he was like shouting from the bottom about like, he was like, put, just push the kid. Just push. I'm like, bro, can you let me do my thing? Like, <laughs> just I'm sorry. Push, like, I'm, just push him. I'm, that is a maintenance solution. Shout out about pushing the kid to like, number one, the kid's scared enough. Do you know what I mean? If I am going to push them, I don't want the kid to know about it. Do you know I mean? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be clued into it. Just making them hold on tighter. I mean, uh, I would take advice from him about maintenance stuff and he can critique, I don't know, my plunging, for example, um, and I'll take advice about it. But like, you know, that got off the rails a little bit. Sure did. But I suppose we'll just have to go completely off the rails and leave this episode. Dante, thank you for coming on. No worries. It's uh, it's always a pleasure, as you guys know. You know, get in front of the microphone rather than behind it. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so like we said, if you want to let us know about any funny stories you have with maintenance or if you are a maintenance person, 
Once again, uh, this one time at summercamppod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram by the same name. And we'll catch you next time. Plunge you later. Thank you.